Hello and welcome to D&D Valiant Odyssey, a live play podcast played by a group of friends with nothing better to do. Guys, this is our very first episode and we want to thank you so much for picking us to listen to. Embark on a brand new adventure with the members of the D&D Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. They seek fortune, fame, perils, and profit in the world of Kalimvor with a rotating roster of lovable heroes. In our podcast, this is created by friends around a D&D table. We're just waiting for you to join. So thanks for coming on by and choosing our podcast for your listening pleasure. We've been on a bit of a journey at D&D Valley and Odyssey, and you'll notice that the show improves as time goes on. So please don't hesitate to give us a like, to keep on listening to fall in love with a lot of our lovable characters and to come on over to our Instagram where a lot of our pictures, artwork, fan polls, questions and posts about episode announcements are dropped. If you're a person that uses Discord, we also have one of those and you can find our Discord link in the show notes for most of our episodes. Here you can talk to the cast members outside of the times where we air episodes, but we usually do that once every week. So you'll get plenty of action of your D&D Valiant Odyssey to get you by. So thanks for coming in, guys. We really do appreciate it. Become a member of this growing community, and we hope you enjoy. We really do. This adventure begins on a dark and stormy night. On that dark and stormy night, we see two travelers walking down a mountainous, weary road. On that road... As the rain begins to patter down, you can see two horses galloping along, their hooves splashing in the night. And upon one of them, you can see a man grizzled, beard hanging close to um, his chest. You can see long hair just spattered across his face because of the rain. You also see him fiercely galloping. Their destination, his companion by his side, their destination ahead, a large looming city known as Cadmia. He'd been traveling for a few days from the eastern coast, uh, Supos, with some very mysterious cargo. A box is on this man's back, an iron box, a heavy box, a box that the character with him had never been able to see what was inside. Whenever this man was asked, he would shut down the question immediately. However, they traveled together in companionship. As we scan to the following player, the player to his left galloping just as fast as him, he watches this gentleman, looks to him and says, Korga, we must hurry. And we get our first glimpse of Korga. Yes, let us make haste. All right. Can you describe what your character looks like as you two gallop towards Cadmia? I am a cobalt blue dragonborn paladin with a great sword and my skill is a lightning breath. So as you begin galloping along, having traveled with this man for some time, you know this gentleman to be called Carmen Chase. And as he's galloping and galloping through this rain, you can see as the destination gets closer, he's pushing his horse further and further and he begins to break away from you. As he does, I'd like you to roll a perception check, please, as the lightning begins to flash through the trees. 10. 
Okay, so as it flashes through the trees, you can see him pulling away from you, the speed of his horse obviously outmatching yours. He's an older gentleman, but you know that he's been adventuring for quite some time, so his skill with this this animal is is quite good. Looking up along the sides of the road as the lightning flashes, you do see a brief shadow cross uh, the road that seems to be shaped like a humanoid, but you make nothing of it as you begin hitting your reins and trying to make pace with Carmen. You gallop and gallop and gallop, and as you round a bend, you can see in the middle of the road as the lightning flashes once more, you see two gentlemen on horseback, both with cloaked. You cloaked. You watch as Carmen pulls up on the reins and his horse just stops about 10 feet away from these guys. What would you like to do? You're about 30 or so feet behind him and gaining at this point. Catch up to Carmen and reveal who the two players, the two people are okay. in front of me. So as you pull your horse up, you rear and you'll probably be about five, ten feet behind Carmen. And you watch as these two players with these two individuals with hoods across their face look towards you. And as the lightning crashes once again, you can see that both of them seem to be humanoid and one of them has a crossbow at their side. You watch as they speak to Carmen in a language that you may or may not understand. Not yet. Okay, so they speak in this chorus of language that you don't seem to understand and you watch as Carmen look at you, looks towards them and he holds the string that's, or the rope, the heavy rope that's sort of brandished around this iron box around his chest and he holds it closely and he says in a firm sort of tone that you don't understand but it seems like he's saying you're not getting it. Roll an insight check for me. You've travelled with Carmen for quite some time. You've been in a few battles with this man. You've never known him to show fear, but you know when he's readying himself. He has a tick, and that tick is that his hand will automatically go to the handle of his axe, and you watch as he's done that. I use my right hand and rest it on the hilt, firmly grab the hilt of my sword, ready to unsheath. As the lightning flashes once again, you watch as the two people on horseback with their hoods begin kicking their horses into action. You watch as they begin charging towards uh, Carmen. One of them draws a sword, and as they draw a sword, you watch as he slashes across Carmen's back. You watch as he immediately draws his axe and goes to swing towards the other who unleashes a crossbow bolt uh, towards him, uh, which hits him in the side. And as it hits him in the side, you can see that it's a blow that hits him just below the ribs. And as he sort of leans over to one side, you watch as this iron box sort of slings over to to the left-hand side as well. At that, does a 19 and a 14 hit your AC? Uh, The 19 does. Okay. So as the lightning flashes once more, you get a searing eminence of pain that hits you directly into the back. You take four points of piercing damage as you realize you've been hit with a bolt of an arrow. As you turn around, you can see what was a shadow across the road previously has now revealed itself to be two more hooded figures. It seems you have ran into an ambush. What would you like to do? Uh, 
unsheathe my sword and ready my crossbow. All right. So you hold your sword in one hand. You've got your crossbow loaded. At this point, we'll roll a initiative just to see who goes first. So you watch as these two individuals that are behind you begin moving towards you. They're not on horseback, but they make their way towards you. You can see one of them has a short sword drawn and the other one is reloading their crossbow. And you watch as he points it in your direction and he's going to go for the attack on you and he gets a 10. How do you dodge this bolt? Looking back at the crossbow... I shift slightly to the left. You watch as it sails through the night, pitter pattering of rain on your, on your face and on your scales. You turn around and look at the other guy who's coming at you with a a short sword. Uh, And as he does, does a 16 hit your AC? No. Okay. So as he swipes down towards you, you lift your shield up and as lightning crashes, this blade hits the top of your shield, seeming to avoid the blow. You look behind you and you can see that um, Carmen is facing his two um, competitors as well. And you watch as one of them pulls him off the horse and another one uh, gets his short sword drawn and goes to stab it into his leg. And you watch as it, it sort of makes purchase and you watch as the other one goes for the box. Um, you've got two on you. What would you like to do? Fire the crossbow at the other crossbow combatant and then swipe at the um, bloke with the dagger. Yeah, so with your action, you can only do one of those things. Swipe swipe at the bloke with the dagger. All right, so with your sword, go for it. Um, This will be the one that was attacking. Um, Carmen's probably 10 feet away from you, so he's out of your range, but you can get the one that was attacking you if you'd like. Yeah. Yep, roll your attack with your sword. 13. Okay, so a 13 will just miss. So as you swipe your sword, dodges to the right, and as he dodges to the right, you watch as your sword hits the ground, and as he hits the ground with his sword, you watch as they take an opportunity to go for you once more. Okay, so that is a 19 and a 17. 19 hits, 17 does. Okay, so with the crossbow bolt, uh, you take three points of piercing damage, and you watch as well as the sword comes across horizontally, the short sword comes across horizontally and you duck out of the way of that. But as you do, in your thigh, you get another crossbow bolt. As you look over your shoulder again, you can see that Carmen lays still on the road. His, there's a pool of red liquid emanating from his body that's mixing with the rain and the mud. You watch as the two individuals that seem to try and take the box are now moving off into the forest you can see as well that the one that was firing a crossbow at you has now taken his movement to leave as well. And there's one left with you just sort of pointing a blade at you as the lightning flashes, roll a perception check. Four. Okay. So with the injuries that you had, this searing flash of pain just goes through your body and you're unable to see anything. And as you look around in the darkness, you watch as he's slowly beginning to slink away. You can make out no details of him, but you watch as he sheaths his sword pulls out a hand crossbow and points it towards you and releases a um, bolt. But as he moves away from you, you can get an attack of opportunity if you'd like. As he moves away, I swing at him. Yep. Five. Yep. So just weakly, you just sort of raise your sword as best you can, just diagonally trying to slash it across his body. And that's when he backs up and just puts a crossbow bolt. Uh, attempting to go for your chest, does a 18 hit your AC? My AC is 18. Okay, so that hits you. So as he rolls that, uh, you take five points of piercing damage. Yep. And he begins walking away as he looks at you. You're weakened. 
And as you sort of look up to the sky, this crossbow bolt in your chest, you sort of snap it off and you watch as your horses have taken off. You don't know where they've gone. Um, what would you like to do? You're extremely injured. I'm very injured. That's all my hit points. Are you on zero? Yes. Okay. So as you stumble across to Carmen, you make your way over to him and you drop to your knees. And as you drop to your knees, you put your hand on his back and you pull the hood off of his head and you can see his long gray hair just matted in the rain. He turns his head towards you and with his last breath he says, You must retrieve that box. It is important. I task this to you, Korgoth. Find allies. Find help. Where should I start? The Staff Mage. I was taking the box to the Staff Mage Saharas. She'll know what to do. And as he says that, his hand slips off of your arm. But not before you feel a searing of healing energy move through your body. As you begin to collapse wearily from being unconscious at zero hit points, your body sort of lulls over his with this one hit point that goes through your body. It's just enough energy for you to crawl your way off the road. You find a rocky embankment and you do your best to sort of scale your way up at the lightning crashing, the rain just washing upon you. You hear the noises of the wilderness surrounding you as well. You hear the howl of a wolf, the rustling of a tree, and you and your weakened state are looking around at all of it. You're in no condition to walk, at least not for an hour or so. You back yourself up against this rock, hold your sword at the ready, pointing it toward the darkness at anything that may come, trying your best to defend yourself. As that final lightning flashes, we'll cut to somebody different. All right. During this night, you can see the heavy rain pitter-pattering on the roofs of Cadmia, a city sprawling with industry and architecture. The docks still alive during the night. However, most of the rest of the city the only movement you can see is the patrols of City Watch and some carriages that seem to be traffic throughout the city. We zoom in as a carriage passes by one of the larger rock statues in Cadmia, and you can see it traveling north. It seems to be moving from the castle ward to the north ward, and as we zoom in on this carriage, you hear it ricketing, the rain pounding on its wooden roof, the driver in the in the carriage seat lashes his horses and you can see that they're clip-clopping along this cobblestone road. In the back, you can see that the windows are barred and the door to the carriage is also barred. And sitting within, you see two feline figures and an older human. All of you seem to be travelling from the magistrate's court and the holding cells after an incident that had occurred that left you on the wrong side of the law. As you see this older gentleman, he looks at both of you and he says, well, we don't see much of your kind around here. What are you in for? 
Interesting story. You see, I was there, just minding my own business, when all of a sudden there was this scuffle, and I saw someone being harassed, and I could not let that stand. So I jumped into action and punched a guy, and punched another guy, and then this other guy walked up, and I punched him. And it turns out that that guy was a sick watch. And apparently that's bad right here. But you should have gotten away. Well, I can see where you're coming from, but the city watch is not to be trifled with. You know, some people, after punching a city watchman, they spend a lot of time in prison. Mm, agreed. So, uh, here we are suffering the consequences of something where, well, my friend is uh, pretty new to learning. Well, he got in the way. If he didn't get in the way, nothing would have happened. And you should show discipline. And as we look at these two arguing in the back of the carriage, can you describe what we are seeing as your characters are viewed for the first time? Um, I am a tabaxi monk um, in sort of like a sleeveless key with uh, hand wraps over the paws. Um, I, my fur is that of a cheetah sort of pattern and similar color. Um, fairly tall, about six feet. Um, with a quarter staff to the side. Yeah. And what's your character's name? Ah, Felix Kitten. Felix Kitten. Felix Kitten, good. And as Felix looks towards his companion, what does he see? So he sees Key. Key is a um, another tabaxi monk, also having wraps around his arms, uh, wielding a quarter staff when he's not in um, custody. <laughs> Uh, he's a bit tattered. Uh, he doesn't really wear a lot of clothes. He has a cape. Uh, he relies mainly on his own um, fur to keep him warm. Um, clothes are merely just a practicality um, for agility. Uh, he's generally a bit dirty. Um, he has predominantly yellow with brown rosette spots. However, his face does have massive uh, brown spots covering most of his his face and all. Um, Key has also red burn marks around his throat, which he generally keeps covered under a cloak when he can. And what's on his feet? <coughs> he has fancy boots. Very good. Okay, so as you look at these two figures arguing with each other, the older gentleman looks up to you and he says, Well, I guess this is a strong lesson learned for you that the lore and cadmium might not be the same as where you come from what was your sentence what did they ask of you and then you hear the driver ahead of you he says they're going to the odyssey community service he says community service for punching a guard how much did you pay them I just explained to them the instances that happened and they were most agreeable I think it turned out fairly well it definitely did turn out very well I have um, suffered much worse but much less you watch as the driver also looks back to the older man and says they had magistrate Barham and then the old man says oh you were lucky he's a compassionate man um, and you remember back to the gentleman in the magistrate's court you saw above this high plinth and podium you remember his bald head and he looks exactly like Dungeon Master from the, the cartoon show he's got that ring of white hair that just goes long behind his back and he wears this illustrious robe um, and within the court you saw lots and lots of noble dignitaries fancy people dressed in 
to the nines. Um, and as your sentence was delivered, you almost heard a collective groan throughout the city, almost like um, this is a common practice for this gentleman to to give the benefit of the doubt, whether it's deserved or not. As you remember this, you also flash back to being arrested by the watch and taken to the watch house and the day or so that you spent there um, in your past. And at that time, uh, Felix, you received a letter which you're holding in your hands at the moment. And as you open it up to reread it, you see that it's from your mother, Jinx. And she talks to you about the tribe in Iskiros. She talks to you about your family. She says they're doing well and she hopes that you're doing well as well. She says that Flash is still not returned home, but she also hopes that he is well. As you fold that up carefully and put it in your breast pocket, you guys feel the carriage come to a sudden jerking halt and you hear sounds around you of more traffic seeming to cross your path. There's a silence that falls as you continue on at a moderate speed. And as you wheel a corner, you hear as the driver ahead sort of pulls on his reins harshly. He's like, oh, and you watch as the horse's rear. The carriage turns to the side very, very quickly. And I need you both to make dexterity saves for me, please. 14. That's an eight for me. Okay. So both of you, as the carriage begins to turn around the corner, you feel this sudden jolt as if something had just hit the side of your carriage. You take this opportunity to your cat reflexes both kick in. You jump off of your seat and you grab onto the bar. And as it does, the carriage suddenly becomes horizontal as you both sort of wedge yourself Spider-Man style in both of the corners. You watch as the old man moves from one side to the other, hits his head on the bars and just seems to be unconscious on the floor. You watch as the driver also just sort of wheels the horses and you hear them rear up. And as you look outside what window you can, you can see this heavy iron-like uh, carriage that's being drawn by one heavy draft horse and you can see that it had slammed into yours and then across the road as this happens you can see our other character we cut back about 10 or so minutes Halrod you are standing at the doors of the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild mm-hmm. as you exit the Odyssey, which is the tavern attached to the guild, you have your companion by your side. And as Thorzite looks at you, he says, well, it could have been worse. I mean, at least Arden gave us another mission, you know, after we lost both of our companions, which, you know, technically wasn't your fault. I know that you blame yourself, the curse, all of that. But look, it could happen to anyone. Anybody could have snapped that twig and caused our companions to have two broken legs from from the air. It was a stone in the air. It was it wasn't your fault. That's all I'm saying, Howard. Well, thanks for that, Thoris. I hadn't thought about that until now. Well, I'm sorry to bring it up, but I just didn't want you to think that it was your fault and for you to constantly go over it in your head and remember the process of of snapping that twig and well. They'll make a full recovery, hopefully. Everyone can make a mistake, you damn norm. <laughs> I understand. Look, okay, we got to go meet these guys, okay? These are our new companions. we got to make a good impression, okay? I wonder what they're like. I wonder what they're like too. Well, they should be crossing this alleyway any minute. And as you look out, you can see the rain pattering on your head. You look down the way and you can see in the middle of this intersection a large carriage that you know having been in Cadmia for quite some time 
is a bank uh, carriage carrying money from the from the banks to the various different patrons. It crashes directly into a carriage that seems to be housing the prisoners. And as you look, you can see that the carriage is on its side. The carriage that contains all of the gold seems to bustle and hit all over the street. You watch as the beggars that seem to be sitting around the area just gather themselves up and start rummaging around the coins. What do you do? Um, I yell at the beggars to get back from the carriage. Okay. So probably about two to 300 feet away down the, the alleyway, you hear this dwarven boom of a voice and Thorzart looks to you and what does he see? What um, does your character look like? So um, Halrod is a four foot nine hill dwarf, um, barbarian class. He's got black hair that's braided, uh, a big long beard that's braided. Um, and he wears armor that looks heavy, but it's quite light. He carries a, um, a battle axe and a shield. All right. And as you look at your gnomish companion, you can see that he has this short crew cut of hair. You can see that he's got massive gnomish ears that are, look fairly big on his head. And you can see that he's got like a small rapier attached to his side. And he says, what's the bet that that's our new companions? Given the way my life goes, probably quite high. We should, we should get there. Given the fact that they're criminals, they might take this opportunity to, uh, you know, make off with the money, the moose. Let's go. And you watch as both of you begin running down the street alley. Um, you get there in no time. And as we get there, both tabaxis in the back of the carriage notice that the crash had caused a hole big enough for you to possibly escape through. What would you like to do? Felix, let's take advantage of this opportunity. I agree, but uh, we should also take the old man too. If, if we must. Please. All right. Um, would the hole be big enough for us to pull him through or should we make it bigger? Um, it looks currently big enough for you guys to to pull this guy through. It's sort of like a crack that seems to have wedged the bars to one side and you guys can sort of wedge your way through. You get the legs. All right. All right. So as you approach, you can watch as the horses begin taking off, the ones that were from your driver and the other one uh, seems to be trying to gather up all of the gold that seemed to be on the floor as he's pushing the beggars away. Uh, as they gather this gold and you look towards the floor and you can see that there is hundreds of gold pieces all over the floor. My God, there's a lot of money and we're so exposed at the moment. Yes, but the man first, the man first. The man first. You carry this older gentleman, uh, one of you at his shoulders, one of you at his feet. And as you do, uh, you see for the first time, Halrod, these two tabaxi carrying this older man uh, between them amongst all the crowd. You, you gather and get them straight away. Thorzite looks to you and says, well, they're helping him. I guess we can't tell Jake, oh, a cat by its pelt. Well, that remains to be seen. Shall we introduce ourselves? I, I think we should. Right. Um, and you two watch as you're carrying this gentleman, stepping over coins that are clinking under your impressive boots key. You see this dwarven figure approach you and a gnome shorter than him approach you as well, both with weapons. One of them brandishing a shield that seems to have or a crest on his breastplate that seems to have the VO symbol, Valiant Odyssey Guild. And as they approach you and they get within 10 feet, you watch as the gnome stands hands on hips and he says, release that innocent. Is my back currently facing them or are they coming from the side? I'd say they're currently... Uh, coming at you from the side. Okay. 
Uh, as soon as I hear that, um, we, I stop moving and um, I start motioning to put the, the, the man on the ground. Felix uh, starts to follow suit. And at the moment, I just walk off, leaving Felix and the man there, and I confront them. Is there anything I can perceive just by looking at them or what I can smell? From Roll them? an insight check. As you look at both of them, you can see that they are quite moderately armoured. They don't seem to be of a, um, a lower class. They definitely have an occupation and they seem to be travelling as a pair. In terms of smells, Halrod, what would they smell on you? Um, they'd smell, smell the tavern but no alcohol per se from the Valley Odyssey Guild and leather polish. Okay. And on Thorzite, you would smell a floral sort of perfume coming off of him. Uh, and as they both approach you, you watch as as well with your check. Thorzite seems to have a loose grip on a needle-like rapier, but he's not in an attacking stance. And as that happens, Felix, you sort of hoik the gentleman back to his feet, hoik one arm over your shoulder, and he sort of looks at you and he says, you're the kindest cat I've ever met. <laughs> Aww. That's okay. I like this kind of stuff. Roll a perception check. Uh, 24. Okay, so as you look at him, as you picked him up, having his shoulders dropped on the floor from when Key sort of rested him down gently, as you pick him up and hang one arm over his shoulder, you can see that both of his hands are completely full of gold coins. He pats you as he pockets them on one side. Uh, away from you, the side away from you. He sort of pats you on the chest. He says, so generous, such a kind fellow. I think I'll be okay now, though. As I said that, I immediately like, oh, of course, no worries at all. And I sort of turn the same way way and I'm going to try and pickpocket him and take the gold. Roll a sleight of hand check. Okay. So as he begins to wander off, you see his frail back is sort of moving him across the cobblestone slowly, shuffling through the coins. You reach your hand into his pocket quickly. You grab the coins out and he gets probably five to ten steps away from you as he looks back. Nice job. <laughs> he shakes his head, kicks the ground and continues mumbling under his breath at something you don't see, but he's obviously frustrated. <laughs> uh, as you then begin to approach these two individuals that Key is talking to. Okay. Seems you made some new friends. Hi, I'm Felix Kitten. Sorry, Halrod, they call me the Haunted One. Ah, eerie. You watch as Thorzite lets go of his rapier, extends a hand to both of you, and he says, I guess you're our new companions. We made some new friends. You forget we should introduce if alias is first. But yes, we can be your companions. Well, you have no choice. It's court ordered. Ah. Uh, Makes a good point. So this is Halrod. He's the leader of our group. And uh, they call him the Haunted One, but don't let that fool you. He's quite formidable. And my size might be something that you're trying to judge too, but I could take you both on if I wanted. Mm, well, I can see that you dress rather well and you smell rather pretty, so... I know, you does smell pretty. It does smell very pretty. Roll insight <laughs> checks, both of you. <laughs> both of you have seen boasts before and you know a showman when you see one. Howrod, you also know that... Thorzite's fighting skills are far below average. Um, he's being boastful towards both of you, uh, and you know it. Well, Loki, okay. guess we better do what they say. We don't want to get them alongside him, do we? Yes, they're very menacing. As sincerely as possible. He looks towards you both, 
he doesn't seem to clock any sarcasm and you see him sort of move himself with a bit of pride as he takes the lead. Halrod, you take the back as you both begin moving up the street towards the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. As the rain sort of begins to stop, you watch over the western side of the city as the sun begins to rise over the mountain that sort of nestles next to Cadmia. First light begins to spread across the city and you can hear it coming into life. At that point, you guys make your way into the actual alley slash cul-de-sac where the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild resides and you see it for the first time, a three-story building that seems to house a tavern on the bottom level that says a sign at the front that says the Odyssey and there's a massive circular shield with a V and an O. On the upper levels, uh, you can see what looks like a stone building and on the left-hand side, you can see a large and now a heavy brass telescope. Thorzite looks to you and says, Arden's going to want to meet you. He's the guildmaster. Arden, tell us about this Arden. Arden's a skilled combatant. He runs the Valiant um, Odyssey Guild. You'll be having to chat with him. He'll tell you more. Yes, Arden's the guy that started this guild. He's very good friends with the magistrate that um, set you free. Do you have any details what's expected of us? What's our community service? You'll be expected to do whatever Halrod tells you to do. Mm. Whatever Arden tells you to do. Look, this is a place that, that might be seen as a punishment, but it's helped a lot of people out. And if you're down on your luck, you won't find brotherhood like you will within those doors. Isn't that right, Halrod? And he slaps you on the back. Aye, it's true. However you decide to take this place is what you'll make of it. If you decide that you're going to have the greatest adventure of your life, you will. If you think it's a punishment, it will be. Those that walks through the doors. Well, I suppose it can't be that bad. Sounds like a punishment to me. <sighs> Look on the bright side. Bright side. Rely on me. You two walk through the door as well. All right. You make your way through the tavern, and as you do, Halrod, you get a nod from Malone, the barkeep. You can see his single tuft of hair just seems to be slicked to one side as the morning begins. Uh, you do see a few patrons in the bar that haven't seemed to have slept yet and seem to be very drunk for this early of the morning. Uh, you make your way out the back and up the stairs to take you to the second level, and you, you guys, for the first time, see this massive table it seems to be made of like mahogany or oak, but you get this heavy smell of varnish as you walk through, but also this heavy sort of perfumed smell that seems to come from incense burning on the candelabra there. You can see above the fireplace a large shield as well that has the same Valiant Odyssey symbol, and you can see a doorway to the left-hand side of that room that has stairs that lead upwards. Thorzite begins walking up those stairs. Is there any questions that you have about this room before we move on? That boy loves mahogany. I follow him up. As you make your way up the stairs, you get towards these large double doors that seem to be wooden as well that open up into a large office. And in that office, as you see Thorzai open the doors, you can see a large desk sitting behind as a man and surrounding the walls, you can see heavy bookcases. On the top of his desk, you can see a variety of stones that seem to be different colours, three of them illuminated, some of them not. As you clock this man for the first time, you can see that he is sort of slenderly muscular built. You can see that he's wearing this uh, leather sort of tunic. He's got a cup of tea towards his side. You can see that he's got a mop of brown hair that's pushed to one side, some just above five o'clock shadow that comes across his face. 
He's got these blue eyes and he's writing in a ledger. And as he opens the door, he closes it and stands, takes a sip of his tea, and he gestures for you guys to have a seat. He doesn't say anything, but he gestures. Um, I don't currently move because I'm too busy staring at the shiny rocks on the table. <laughs> come in, come in. Don't worry, they won't hurt you. They're magical, but... Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. They're not for offensive. You're going to need to, to tighten the screws on this one. I imagine so. I'll keep him in line. I trust you will, Harrod. As I said, take a seat. Take a seat, Felix. Right. Welcome to the guild. As uh, probationary members, well, we'll have to see how you how you treat this. The magistrate's a dear friend of mine, and I had to pull some strings, but another friend of mine saw your, uh, shall we say, entrepreneurship outside of the tavern. And let's be honest, some of the city watch... They can be questionable. The magistrate understands that as well as I do. You have an opportunity here. Your abilities seem to far exceed that of a common thief and a common brawler. So we thought we'd put you to use. And it just so happened that we had some openings and he looks towards Halrod, looks towards Thorzite, who seems to look down. So you're in luck. The staff mage just contacted me. She was expecting a package to be delivered during the night. The, uh, the person delivering that package had made regular contact and had suddenly gone silent over the last two hours. I see where this is going. Please illuminate me then. <laughs> no, by all means. I apologize for interrupting. He takes a sip of tea and he says, if you have any instance of foresight, I, I'd be happy to hear it. You're going to send us as errant boys. Could or, say errant boys, yes. Or you could see it as a opportunity to prove your worth. AKA Suicide Squad. Or they won't find better means of communication. No. <laughs> this package is extremely important to the staff mage, as is the person that delivered it. Their silence does not bode well. You could be walking into some serious danger. Do you think you're up for this? Is this measured by hours or this community service? In is terms, this is measured by whether I believe that your character has changed. And if that is not the case, then there is always the gallows. You can try your luck there if you'd like. He sips his tea again and he gestures to the cup. He says, Tea? Anyone? Well, this would be more exciting at least. I agree. At least we can leave the, the premises for a bit. You can get your proverbial paws dirty. Although, by the look of him, they're always dirty. I don't know, Harold. Those boots look quite nice. Mm, they're felchies. Probably stolen. They're made for walking. Thorzite says, and that's just what they'll do. <laughs> All the way to wherever this gentleman and his package has gone missing. He watches uh, Arden looks to you and says, they were heading in. They were coming from the east and we need you to follow the trade path until you see any instance that they were intercepted. Hopefully they've just been waylaid and you intercept them on their path, in which case you had to escort them back either here 
or to the Wissonia Institute where staff mage will be waiting for them. Is that understood? That is understood. Do you have any idea of the uh, people bringing the package? What do they look like? Well, the staff mage told me that her contact is an elderly man with graying hair and a beard that sits just below his chin. He's quite powerful and the item he's carrying is in a heavy iron box. He's quite protective of it, so don't ask him any questions. Understood. We'll find them. Thank you, Helrod. Thorzide. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your names. Hi, I'm Felix Kitten. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Key. I mean, <laughs> you guys aren't really used to this, are you? Uh, people? No. Your secret identity is safe with us. And he watches, he gives you a wink and he writes down your names. <laughs> um, as you guys take this quest and you stand, you watch as he waves his hand over one of the rocks and you can see an illumination of red appears on one of them. Uh, now four illuminated. And he says, this just tells me that I've got an adventuring party out of house. Resource management. You watch as he takes a sip of his tea and he's like, this really needs sugar. Off you go. (laughs) (laughs) And you watch as Thorzite sort of gets up and hustles himself. He's like, do you, do you need anything? Uh, equipment, weapons, etc." Yes, actually. I was just thinking that. Is there an armory here? Of course there's an armory here. We're in Venturer's Guild. You have monk weapons? You know, the monks I've met, they use these as weapons. He holds up his fists. Dark horse dart could be useful. And some darts. Well, that we can do. For brevity's sake, we'll say that they take you to the armory. You're able to get at least six darts each. You're able to get your quarter staffs. Um, and you already had your armor on. Uh, Halrod, is there anything you'd like to equip yourself with as you're there too? No, I just pick up my adventurer's backpack mm-hmm. and sling it on. Yep. Uh, and you take some time in your, your room as well, which used to house your two companions, but they seem to be hospitalized at the moment. Um, and you think to yourself, I really hope these two cats don't end up in these beds. It's the last thing we need is the smell of felines around here. And at that, you guys begin making your way in an easterly direction upon the road. As we're walking, I ask Felix, you pickpocketed that guy, right? Yes. What'd you get? Divvy it up. You see, I merely took it and put it back where I found it. Therefore, defeating the purpose of pickpocketing. Well, the purpose was that that man should have been stealing, and I just returned what was stolen. Mm. Yes, your alignment is very admirable. <laughs> Cat's still got to eat, but... I still have some copper. Mm. Well, let's see what we can find on the road. Within the rightful means of the law, of course. Yes, mm. always. Unless you don't see it. As you begin to make your way east, uh, you travel through a various amount of clientele and you make your way down through the trade wards, which you can see is now, uh, as morning breaks, is a bustling sort of energy of um, of activity. You can see tents and things and smoke meets hit your nostrils. You hear the music of bards sort of playing in the distance. You can see a rug salesman that seems to be really sort of peddling these wares. And as you make your way out, and past the eastern gate of Cadmia, you hit the trade road. 
as you do, you can see the expanse ahead of you is quite um, hill, hill-like uh, in, in expanse and they're grassy sort of hills, but there's rocky outcroppings throughout with a sparse smattering of trees and woods uh, throughout the distance as well. As you look towards the horizon, I'd like you guys to make a perception check, please, all of you. Eight. Ten. Uh, Eighteen plus four, I think. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay. Um, as you guys continue along the road, mostly in silence, you can see farmers beginning to sort of peddle their wares into the city and you also see people beginning to tend what small fields they can make on this, this hill-like expanse. As you travel for about an hour or so, you start to get into a more dense sort of hillside slash forested area. And as you round a corner that seems to be adjacent to a large rocky uh, cliff face, uh, you, Felix, see the heavy scores of hoof marks on the road and what looks like a disbursement of red liquid throughout the mud. Using my sense of smell, can I ascertain that it's blood? I'd say with your check, you were able to tell that that's definitely blood. It's probably about 40 or so feet away from you. And you're also able to tell as you actually, as you get closer, you can see that there are two sets of hoof prints that are leading from the way you came toward this location and those hooves seem to have made a stop about 10 or so feet away from this red puddle you guys are about 50 or so feet away from it at the moment uh you're the only one that clocks it and as you guys are walking thorzite looks around and he says you know what if we went on such a grim mission this would be a very beautiful day for a nice walk seems your boots are doing exactly what they were supposed to do that's what they were made for uh uh, sorry to interrupt uh there is blood up ahead and some hoofprints that seem to come to an abrupt stop. Well, that book can't be good. We better check it out. Uh, I'll lead him to the exact spot. Yep. And as you all get closer and it's pointed out to you by Felix, you can see that the smattering of blood seems to have mixed in with the mud, but it's definitely visible. Uh, the rain has sort of, it's more of a drizzle now. Um, and as Thorsite's sort of looking around with his hands out, he sort of, enjoys this kind of weather as you sort of gathered he's sort of putting it through his hair but as he looks down he sort of gets a sort of somber tone and he's tone and he says i guess we should um we should fan out see what we can find if this is indeed the incident where the uh the parcel was lost i guess our companion is somewhere around here you want us to split up and uh have a look for the companion yeah i'll go with you and halrod can go with felix okay let's go uh, I'm going to try and use my sense of smell to see if I can discern the different scents around and see if I can Okay. How would you be exploring this area, Key? Um, it's dark at the moment, is it not? It's just coming into daybreak. So you're getting sort of daybreak light yeah. as it's coming through. Yeah, okay. I would then also be using my sense of smell as well Yep. to ascertain the, the what's around. And how long? Well, I don't have a great sense of smell, so I'll be looking. Okay. So can you guys please roll perception checks based on scent and you can roll one based on sight? Seven. 22. Uh, 12. Okay. So, Halrod, you are able to see, as well as you, Felix, even in this, this darkness, you are able to see that it seems like two other horses came to a stop about 20 or to 15 feet away from them. Uh, you also see a smattering and smell a smattering of blood across the road. Um, you can pinpoint every single piece of, of action that occurred here, Key. 
you look and see like a small smattering of blood where you know an impact had occurred from a high-velocity bolt. You can see uh, the impact from a sword that seems to slash across some of the trees and all your feline nose is sort of leading you to all these different areas, painting a picture of what had occurred here. Halrod, you're able to see some of the bloodstains as well, but you, Key, notice most, most fervently, you can see that there appears to be a like a crawling or a drag mark across the mud that seems to lead into the grass hill-like expanse uh, and through past a tree. And you smell almost like a lightning strike, that sort of acridity within the air. You, you sense that sort of scent as you, you get close to the, the scoring. Is Thorzite uh, standing alongside me or is he investigating something? He's investigating as well, but he's never more than 10 feet away from you. Okay. So um, whether he notices me or not, I start following the uh, the the drag marks, and I'm and I'm moving stealthily. All right, so roll stealth with advantage, please. So that is twenty four. So Thorzite sort of finds like a scoring across the ground and sees a crossbow bolt sort of embedded into the earth, and he turns around to tell you, and you're gone. He looks towards Felix and Halrod, who seem to be down the road, and he says, "Well, there's some good news and some bad news. I found a crossbow bolt." But I've lost key. Uh, it, it's fine. He does that from time to time. He's probably just seen something and zoned in on it. Well, perhaps we should find out where he went. Mm. Can you find him, Felix? Maybe he is quite stealthy. Uh, roll a survival check with advantage because you are familiar with his scent. You've travelled with him for a while. So through the mist and the rain, it's kind of hard to pick up his scent. However, you do get notes of it sort of heading in a northerly direction, but... Halrod and Thorzite both notice that you're kind of moving from tree to tree and not in a discernible direction. You're generally heading north, but you're sort of taking your time getting there. I told you he is pretty stealthy, but he is this way. Well, let's keep heading this way and hope that he's here. Halrod, if we've lost him on our first day with him. Yes, I know. Arna's not going to be happy. He would not leave me behind. Are you sure? I am absolutely positive. We've been together for three years. Well, well, four actually. That man has, must have incredible patience. Mm, not really. That remains to be seen, shall we? And we then cut to Key. You are trained on this scent like a bloodhound. You begin moving through you can see that there seems to be a blood score across a tree and then as you travel about 20 or so feet you can see this slash mark and you begin to sort of head into denser forest but there is a definite sort of incline in the rocky outcropping sort of area uh, as you begin to move your way across uh, as you begin tracking this scent we cut to Korgarth Korgarth as the rain falls on your scales you hear it sort of Pitter patter on your armor, that metallic sound as it's sort of making its its sound present to you. The lightning begins to flash, and as it does, you sort of look around, seeing the shadows through the trees. You're pointing your sword in each direction as you do, and then throughout the minutes, hours, you're not sure of time, but at one point you sort of catch yourself sort of regaining consciousness, sort of looking around feverishly not knowing how long you've been out, you sort of feel the rain sort of subside a little bit and you start to see light sort of emanating across one of the trees. As you point your sword out weakly, I'd like you to roll a perception check, please. So you nod your head and all you can hear is the rustling 
of the trees around you, the rain upon the rock next to you, and this humming sound in your head from the pain that's emanating from these crossbow bolts that have now been sort of cauterized as best that you can. You sort of raise your sword in one direction, but then your arm loosely hangs to its side and your sword hits the rock next to it and you sort of look around. And as the lightning sort of strikes one last time before your vision goes into blackness, over the silhouette of the tree, you can see this towering lizard-like shadow sort of spreads its wings and that shadow sort of wraps around you and you feel comforted and as the lightning flashes that goes away what is this Orbit? is that you as you say that you're met with silence and then the next thing you know your eyes awaken light beginning to emanate across the trees and the rocks you scan the horizon and you begin to hear this scratching. And as the light begins to emanate through the trees, you see this thin string-like substance moving across the trees that seem to be matted on top of each other. As that happens, we cut to key. As you begin moving from tree to tree, following this scent as best you can, you climb up a rocky outcropping and you look towards some of the large trees that seem to be clustered together. Can you make one more perception check for me? 16. As you begin making your way through this, this sort of increasingly dense wooded area, you look up and with the light, you can start to see thin threads that seem to house small beads of water across them. The threads are almost invisible, but in the right light, you can see that they're sort of, they're visible at a turn and you can see that they mesh together in what looks like a web and they seem to be increasing as you move throughout the trees. That's interesting. I dare say I should avoid that as much as I possibly can. I make an effort to navigate through the trees without touching the uh, strings. Yep, okay. With your feline acrobatics, you're able to do so, and as you climb up one last sort of rocky outcropping, this, this thread-like substance increasing around you, you see up in the distance what looks like a shining blue light that seems to be sitting upon one of the rock faces. As the sun sort of catches it, it's almost like a glint as you see it. And then from behind that, what looked like a rock to you, but with your feline eyes, you can see it sort of shudder. And you watch as a, a large sort of almost insect-like leg sort of makes its way about 15 feet behind the figure and just sort of perches itself up onto a rock, just one thin, hairy-looking leg. That belongs to something big. As you say that, you watch as a second leg protrudes over the rock and a third, and you watch as this large, hulking, hairy-looking spider with these massive black eyes begin encroaching and slowly moving down towards this blue glow on the rock which you look and clock and notice it's in the shape of a humanoid. That person's in trouble. Um, I attempt to move closer to identify what the humanoid is. Okay. As you get closer, you get a glimpse of a cobalt blue dragonborn heavily armoured. You can see that he is soaked in, in blood. There is what looks like the broken elements of crossbow bolts sticking out of his body. And you're probably about 40 feet away and you watch as this 
giant spider is sort of perched over him and then starts to lower itself down from its web across the rock face and is getting closer and closer to him. As it's going down, I realise that uh, this is the culmination to our quest right here. And I also realise that the humanoid I'm looking at is a very rare combination of race and equipment. And uh, I've come across such a being once before. I then make a, make a move to strike at the insect by jumping into combat. All right. So with that, we'll roll our initiatives and we'll jump into combat. So we cut in on our party. You can see this massive uh, large spider sort of crawling down the rock face that's sort of trying to engulf uh, Korgar at the moment and Key, you're the only one that had seen it. You have uh, moved your way into position to try and intercept. Uh, we've got our initiatives. We've got Felix Kitten first up as we look at our initiatives. So at the moment, you're still tracking in the location of your companion. I'll get you to re-roll survival check with advantage, please, to see how you're going. 18. Okay, so as you begin smelling from tree to tree, you definitely are able to train in on your companion. And as you do, you sort of, it's almost like your ears prick up and so does your tail and you immediately hone in. Uh, you're able to use your full movement if you'd like to, your tabaxi uh, skilled movement yep. to move all the way up to the base of the rock face on the, on the mountain there. So what you see as you approach is you can see this large 20 foot sort of uh, cliff in front of you. Uh, you can see trees sort of emanating across and through the distance, you can see key just sort of perched up on one of the, the rocks and he reaches into his pouch about to get uh, some sort of weapon, but you have eyes on him. Uh, yep. But that will be your, your full time. At that we have the uh, spider's turn. So you watch as the spider begins sort of clambering down a thin tendril of a web moving from its back and you watch as it sort of looks towards its prey. Can you please make a, a strength save for me, Hogarth? You watch then as this silk web begins to move from this creature's mouth from above and it begins to encircle you. You feel this thick substance just rope around your body. And as you're sort of holding out the sword, you watch as the sword begins to get held to the rock next to it and your body just begins to be bound. You are uh, restrained at the moment, but you take no damage. As you are restrained, you watch then as this spider-like creature begins moving across the rock face and sets itself down facing you as it's weaving you up, Frodo Baggins style. It, is, my, like, is my head still free? Yes. Okay. Uh, you're restrained, so the restrained condition means that your speed becomes zero, attack rolls against you have advantage, and your attack rolls have disadvantage, and you have disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. So you can't move and attacks become disadvantaged. So yeah, you're up in the web. Um, full much into it before I run off, could I turn to the others and just say, I think there's trouble before I run off? Yeah, absolutely. So they know to be expedient? Yep, yep. So Halrod and Thorzai, you both are aware uh, that something's going on up ahead. Uh, that then brings us to Korgar's turn. I ready my, I feel this lightning build up inside of me, ready to unleash to at least cut the string from the spider. Okay. Uh, so are you attempting to break the restraint on you or are you going to use your breath weapon? I'm going to use my breath weapon. All right. All right. So he'll make a dexterity save. Uh, he will get a four. 
So dexterity is a 12. Okay, so he fails that. So he'll take full damage from this. It's 2d6 lightning damage. Eight. Very nice. And as this lightning charges in your throat, can you please describe what it looks like to Key, who's very close by? My at Key sees this blue glow bright build up from within the web and just as the my head gets ever so bright, electricity shoots straight out and hits the spider's ass, breaking the web. I immediately acknowledge I know who this person is now. I've seen this before. At that, you watch as the spider sort of does that rear up like funnel webs do, and you watch as its legs begin to motion in, in a very fast way. Uh, Felix, Halrod, and Thorzite, you all hear this massive crack of lightning that sort of breaks through the, the dawn's light of the day, and you can see it just protrude out of a set of trees, and you watch birds begin to fly off in the distance. Um, you definitely have a heading for your direction now. Uh, at that, you are still restrained, but the spider is is not still attached to you, basically. That's fine. Do I, do I now that I'm on the ground or getting wrapped up, do I notice key? Roll, roll a perception check. 16. As you sort of survey the area, you and just beyond the spider's sort of backside, as it rears up and then comes back down, you see in the tree line, uh, this feline character sort of perched up there ready to go. Whether it's real or not, you're not sure because you haven't seen this individual for a while. But he looks familiar. Don't just stand there. If you're here to kill me, kill me. If not, get me out of this damn web. Not here to kill you, you big softy. Now you definitely know who it is. Key? Is that you? It's me, Corgarth. <laughs> my God, get me out of here, man. Oh, no, memento. Uh, and that brings us to Halrod's turn. And so um, after seeing the lightning bolt crack through the trees, I uh, say to Fours, like, let's go. We're going that way. I'll be right behind you. So I take off running in the direction the lightning bolt came from. Okay. So you'll use your action to dash, therefore doubling your movement. And as you do, uh, with your climbing speed, you can get just above the rock face. So the last thing that you sort of do is you begin sort of hoiking your, your axe and your shield up onto your back and you start to sort of climb dwarven style mm -hmm. um, using your movement and you get just up on the side and you can see uh, Felix is pretty far in the distance uh, ahead of you. And you also see just this massive lumbering sort of insect-like creature up in the distance as well. Uh, at that, we have Key's turn. I jump, I move to attack the insect, uh, the spider. Scale up the rock face. Yep, so with your climbing speed, you have no disadvantage on that. Yep. You have 20 feet, which is four squares, yep. so you're able to do that. Yep. Now I'm in, I will engage an attack with my quarterstaff. Okay. Uh, 15. 15 hits. So what does it look like as you climb this rock and lay the smack down on this spider? Roll some damage for me as well. So that is 12. I lunge forward and I aiming for one of the spider's eyes. And as you do that, you hear this squelching noise. And as that squelching noise occurs, you hear it reel back and just make that uh, high-pitched screech, uh, which you all also hear. Uh, Korgath, you're comforted seeing that this black ooze begins to run down this spider's face and it sort of retreats a little bit back into the, the brush. Uh, it looks hurt at this point. Uh, at that point, it's Thorzite's turn. Can and I use my bonus? Oh, yes, you can. Sorry. Hmm. Uh, so I'll use unarmed strike. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that is 11. Okay, so as you sort of charge up this fist to try and punch this creature in its carapace, you lunge forward, and as you do, you just sort of are met with this uh, this hard exterior uh, not penetrating its armor class. You shake your fist as it hurt a little bit, but you can see that this, um, this creature seems to be... It's still weighing up its odds at the moment, but it looks pretty hurt. Can I use a one-liner on him? Sure can. I punch him, hurts my hand. I'm like, get away from him, you bitch! <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Um, and at that, you watch as uh, you hear this gnomish creature just begin running. Uh, and you look down and you can see him just trying to climb this rock and you see him sort of slip down a little bit like a like a puppy trying to climb the stairs. And you watch as he sort of gets onto the base of the rock and just starts being puffed. He's like, I'll be right there, Halrod. Save some for me. Um, and you know that. Him saying save some for me means please take care of this before I arrive. <laughs> so, yeah, he, his movement and his gnomish figure is able to get him about that far climbing up. That then brings us to the top of the round. Felix Kitten, you're up. Uh, okay, so I can't use my speed again, but can I at least get to Korgarth? Yes, you can get to Korgarth if you decide to run up that way. Yep, I might do that. And with my... um. Dart trying to come out of these restraints. Go for it. Uh, roll, I'll say roll a attack roll. Uh, so that's 14. 14's a hit. Roll damage for me. That is 7. Uh, you are able to slash through the web. Uh, what does it look like as you do so? Put some flavor on it for me. As, uh, as I rush through, because he's on that ledge, you see me just put one hand on the sort of edges of climbing up and do a sort of front flip over. As I come down, I pull out the dart and just come straight down, cutting the, like, not even really acknowledging him that much and just come down and just quickly slice straight through the um, webs only barely just missing like actually scratching him with it. As you do that Korgarth you look down and just watch this webbing just sort of fall away from you almost like a, a shoelace that's untied uh, as you look at that and you see your armor sort of shining in what little dawn light is poking through the trees you can see just the faintest scratch just it was a very precise strike but you can see just the faintest scratch Nice job pussycat next time don't touch the armor I'm sorry. Next time I could just leave you wrapped up. And at that, uh, it is its turn. It is currently, uh, it's probably going to face off against uh, Key. So you watch as it turns around, rears up towards you and goes to lay a bite on you, Key. Does a 22 hit your armor. Sure does. Okay, so you take four points of piercing damage as one of its fangs just embeds directly into your shoulder blade. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw, please. D20. Yes. Six. Okay, you take three points of poison damage. So you feel this hot rush of poison just go through your body and your muscles begin to tense and there's this burning almost like you have an uncontrollable fever. And as this fang protrudes back from your, your body, you watch as this dripping clear like ooze comes from uh, its fangs. You know you've been attacked with some form of venom or poison. Oh, that hurts. God damn, you're ugly. Uh, and at that, it will begin to climb it will climb about 15 or so feet back up the rock face anybody that was within five feet will get an attack of opportunity if you like with your melee weapon so that will be key and Korgarth you can roll your attacks so newly free okay so both of you as you watch it protrude back up the tree both simultaneously sort of striking across it um, one of you hits the tree the other one clatters against a rock as it sort of weaves out of it your way uh, quickly bringing it out of your reach, but it does bring us to Korgarth's turn. 
I follow in pursuit. Quick key. We can't let it get away. All right, let's engage. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's hit it this time. We're getting rusty. It's the knees. So you watch then as Korgarth begins scaling up the rock and you attempt to make a strike at it with your sword. 21. 21. Uh, yes, that will hit. So as you, your sword begins to charge, you see this blue static electricity surround the blade. Roll your damage. Nine. All right, and as you plunge this sword directly into its chest, you pull it out and you can see it sort of reel up the wound automatically cauterizing with the lightning sort of attack with it. You can see that it is now sort of feverishly turning around in its spot, trying its best to look for an escape route, it seems. Halrod, you're up. I do have an, I do have a longbow. You could definitely use a longbow. Mm. So I uh, pull out, when can I see the spider at this point? Uh, yeah, you can see the spider up the um, up the range there. You sort of arc your bow in a upward fashion and you can get a clear shot. Yeah, so I uh, attempt to um, shoot an arrow at the um, spider. All right, roll your attack. Okay, so 20. 20 is a hit. Roll your damage, please, which is a D8. Seven. All right, what does it look like as you destroy this spider? Leave it lifeless. <laughs> so I pull back the bow as far as I can pull it back. And uh, aim it slightly above, knowing that the um, the arc of the arrow would descend as it goes up the hill. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of toss my beard to the side as I loose this arrow up the hill with the spider. Very nice. And as it pierces, uh, you watch Korgarth as you are about to strike it directly onto its head. Key, you're about to hit it. And then as you guys begin to take your blow, you pause because you see this arrow almost in a moment of silence just go hit it directly into the top of the head and you watch as it almost goes to lunge towards you and then falls directly down in between you guys, crashing into the dirt. You watch as its legs sort of rile up. It does this uh, spasm as it sort of uh, life leaves its body. Uh, you watch as its legs begin to curl in as its muscles tense as it dies and you guys sort of confused, Korgar and Key, look behind you and see this dwarf just toss his beard back to where it was before, hook his bow over his shoulder and you see this small gnome just begin to climb up the top of the ridge, draw his rapier and say, all right, where is it? Oh, she's it. Howard, that was a wonderful shot. I get lucky once every now and again. I'm sure these guys want to thank you. Shall we? Key catches his glaze, his gaze, and he gives him the nod of approval. Impressed. Didn't think he uh, had, had that such skill. Great. Not another dwarf. Who's your pet? Who are you referring to? Are you talking to the, about the tabaxi or are you talking about the uh, battle-hardened gnome? No. Key and I go way back. I'm talking about the little garden ornament you have next to you. That's Thorzite, master tactician and strategist. You do well to respect him. Also lover of ladies. The only ladies I can see him loving is the ones that ward the garden around him. Now, while I do commendate you on your shot, I'm very cautious of you, as I've had history with dwarves. It sounds like you've had more history with dwarves than I have. I've only known and dwarf people for 18 years of my life, and after that, I've not had much to do with them. Well, fair shot. And your name is? Halrod. They call me the Haunted One. Nice to meet you, Halrod. And Key, who is this other person that you have with you? Hi, I'm Felix Kitten. It's nice to meet you. Are you a friend of Key's? We've known each other for a little while now. It's been fun. Key and I go we, go, we go way back. We, uh, let's just say Key wasn't exactly normal when I met him. Well, nothing much has changed. I will say thank you for getting me out of the Silken Web. Ah, you're very welcome. I'm a 
well, I'm happy it all worked out. And you can see like an actual little disappointment if you can get to hit it. <laughs> next, <laughs> next time hit the spider though. Yeah. There's a pausing conversation as you hear this. And you turn around to see the spider's last gasp just exits his body almost and thaws out just like, ah! <laughs> puts his rapier back and is just like, ah! just as well too. Ease up short round. Duck into the pointy side. Look, if we're done playing who's key's best friend, we can um, we can get back to the mission. We're looking for somebody, somebody that's not you. You were just a happy coincidence. Describe this person to me, please. Those are looks to Hellrod. He's an elderly gentleman, has a beard about down to here. He was carrying a iron box to the um to the, the Odyssey. What do you know of this iron box? Only the Arden and dispatches to retrieve it. Let us say I know this box you were talking of. What can you do for me? I'm afraid I don't follow. Well, as you can see, I was in quite a predicament uh, when I was found by Key. Some healing, some gold, maybe, for my information. Um, to be honest, I think it seems like you are lost the favor. He's got you there. He does no, got you there. Does. I will tell you this. I was traveling with Carmen, the man you were looking for. We were attacked on the road, as you might have been able to tell by the blood. They've run off with the box. I did not get a look at the creatures that attacked us, only that they were hooded. They did speak in a funny language, one that I am not too familiar with. Do you know what direction they ended up going in? No, I was currently dealing with two bolts in my leg and one in my back. Yeah, you've had worse. Agreed, but... You know me. Always like to play the hero. And the drama queen. Yes, sir. Now, you say you were traveling with the man. So where on earth is Carmen? Over here. I lead them to a little makeshift grave that I've dug for Carmen. The man does have to somewhat of a burial. So after about, say, 10 or so minutes of walking back in the direction of the road, you can see what looks like a shallow grave, the... the um, the dirt's still fresh upon its surface and you can see just a single um, sword down to the uh, halfway down the blade just sort of sticking as a headstone seem to be Carmen's blade. But as you see it, it's a very quickly made grave uh, as Corgarth was in a poorly condition when he did it. Very, very. Not taking on like the social cues, can I sort of get closer to the grave and just like take a big way to see what kind of sense I can get from? Absolutely. Roll a perception check. Uh, 10. Okay, so as you just take in the scent, you watch as Thorzite just looks around the party at this tabaxi that's just sort of leaned over the grave, and you can see that um, he's very confused by this action. But what you get is uh, a smell of of iron coming from the, the sword. You can smell freshly upturned earth. That's about it. There hasn't been enough time to sort of the decay to set in as it's only been a number of hours, but. No, no, the smells of people who are close to him at the time when he's in the no, tussle. No, not really. But as the light sort of begins to, to permeate across the trees, it now being sort of early morning, you're in full daylight as you sort of take in the surroundings of your areas. You begin to hear birds chirping. And it's quite nice as the rain begins to subside. Well, we found Carmen. I guess the staff mage will be happy to know that her, um, her messenger's been found, probably not in the condition she wanted. 
You mean Staff Mage Saharas? Aye, uh, Staff Mage Saharas. She's the one that uh, commissioned the quest from the Odyssey. She, she and Arden uh, are close. We must go to the Institute. Will you show me the way? Well, I guess we could. It's within the city of Cadmia. But if you're after the Staff Mage, she doesn't just see people whenever they please. Our best bet might be to go to Arden and, and he can request her presence. Usually she answers his call. Lead on, little dwarf. Uh, I'm a gnome. Uh, and he will move off towards the path, leaving you guys around the grave for a moment. We're 10 minutes away from the uh, spider body, aren't we? Yeah. So to go back to it, we'd have to walk another 10 minutes. I would say that if there's anything you'd like to do in terms of looting, that can have be done retroactively. So I'll say you've done it before you left. So yeah. what, what would you like to do? I would instinctively immediately loot at the spider. All right, roll a survival check. You are able to get two fangs that are about six inches long that you can use as daggers. They are no longer attached to a venom gland, so they're not poisonous in any way, but they are stylistically very cool. You watch his keys sort of flicking these new fangs around his paws as you guys are sort of standing around this freshly upturned grave. Uh, Thorzite's already made his way back to the road. You guys make your way back to the road and eventually over the next hour or so, you pass your way back through the countryside and into the city of Cadmia. In the distance, you can see a large statue on the eastern side of the city that seems to be a, a knight in full armor that seems to have his sword rested between two arms and his shield at his um, feet. And you can see that that's one of the many statues throughout Cadmia that is mysteriously placed there. Nobody knows how they got there. It's either an artist's rendition of the past or a, or a monster slash person that is frozen in time. But as you pass by, you can see a variety of people that seem to be sort of gathering around it uh, as the stagecoaches begin to move their way through the city as well. As you guys pull your way up to up past the trade ward, you do pass a, a variety of people in the stalls sort of buying different goods and you eventually make your way back to the alley in which the Valiant Odyssey. You do notice as you pass into the alleyway that the raucous mob down the end of the alleyway seems to be silenced for some reason. And as you look towards it, you can see a variety of these patrons that were holding signs out front of a shop seem to be talking to a large Leonin figure as you guys make your way through the door of the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild and up into Arden's office. As you get there, the doors fling open and you can see that he's there describing something and you can see he puts his spectacles down back onto the table and he says, that was quick. And you are one heavy. We came across a companion of Carmen's out on the road. He's being attacked by a spider. Carmen is dead. Ah, the staff mage will be sad to hear it. I imagine that you have at least known or retrieved the, the iron box. You did that. The box was taken. A battle was ensued. We were ambushed. I see. Ambushings on the road are not uncommon. However, the cargo you carried was extremely precious. As Carmen would have told you, you would have been targets. However, the staff mage led me to believe that, um, that not many people were aware that she was transporting this, or this box to Cadmia. She was under special instruction to keep it secret and the contents of which was very important. Tell me, Master, and he's fishing for a name. Korgarth. 
I'm sorry for your loss. Tell me, is there anything that you can remember about these individuals? It was dark, although they were all cloaked and hooded. However, at first approaching the assailants, Carmen seemed to speak their language. It was almost angelic, celestial even, to the ear. Just this melody, but I could not place it. And their intention was obviously to steal the artifact. I will... Give me a moment. And you watch as he turns around, pulls out a book from the bookcase behind him, and you can see that he's still wearing his sort of leather tunic, and he opens a book, and you watch as he begins to read a line in the book, and his eyes flash white. And you watch as a moment passes... And his eyes flash white again and he looks to you and he says, you all might need to uh, stand back. And you watch as you separate from the middle of the room and you see this circle beginning to be inscribed in the middle of the room. This white rune just seems to form like a star that seems to be drawn in midair as you guys are watching. You can see that this uh, column of light begins to protrude into the roof and as it fades away, uh, you are left with the sight of a incredibly beautiful woman. You can see that she's wearing a scholarly robe. You can see that she has dark skin and black frizzy hair that seems to go down past her shoulders. You can see that she's adorned with lots and lots of different pieces of jewelry across her fingers and wrists. And you can see that she's holding a black staff that seems to go and curl up into a large point, uh, almost made of like onyx or something, some sort of black um, shiny material. As she sort of looks around to you and you can see that she's got this eye makeup on that gives her like a golden hue around her eyes. She looks around and Halrod, you know this to be the staff mage. Uh, she's the head of the Wissonian Institute of Arcana, which is the head basic arcane university of Cadmia. And she's also basically the head protectorate of the city in terms of magic wards and things like that. She's a big deal. Um, as she enters the room, you can watch as Thorzite gives sort of a deep bow um, and she sort of looks around to all of you. And she says to Arden, Arden, it has been some time. How are you doing? And Arden opens his hands and moves over to her and embraces her in a hug. And he offers her a seat and she sits down. And you can see that Arden's instinctively making her a cup of tea. And as he moves it towards her, he says, I'm terribly sorry. I, I don't have any sugar, but I've got some people working on it. It's coming. Uh, and she says, you know, I don't like it sweet anyway. And she watches, she stirs, takes a sip. And she looks at you, rests her staff towards her chair, and she says, well, pick your jaws up off the floor, sit down. We've got much to discuss. Key's a little bit bewildered. He's come across... She's human, yeah? She's human. He's come across a lot of lot of humans in his time and who he finds rather boring, but she really catches his eye and uh, immediately does what she says. Which is strange for you to see, Felix. I just take a seat next to him. She seems like a big deal. Mm. She's shiny. Thorzat moves and stands next to um, one of you two that are seated. What do you two do, Halrod and Korgar? I stand, arms folded. I uh, give a bow to her and uh, say, my lady, before taking a seat. She gives a nod of recognition and she says, Master Dwarf, Arden, you have contacted me. My item, it seems you said, has been misplaced. Ma'am. Who would want what was in this box? Who would gain most from taking this? Straight to the point. This is a very 
sticky subject. It falls between the categories of, of well, legend, myth, and reality. The item within that box, it was a tome. It was a tome that I was desperate to get my hands on as a result of its mystery. It's an artifact thought to be legend until it was recently discovered and it had been entrusted to Carmen to bring it to me for study. He traveled far from the south, found himself in Supos, which I believe is where you met him. He spoke of you, Korgoth. That is correct. He found me after my ship had hit a reef. And you made your way west to Cadmia. You accompanied him on his travel. That is correct. I was approached at the cradle of life upon one of my many journeys to find being within myself that I would seek certain answers at this Odyssey Guild. Well, it seems fate has delivered you in our time of need. Now this, this tome, as I say, it, it does fall between legend and myth, but it has been said that the artifact has been used as a space for the gods, a space for them to store their secrets. It has also been referred to as an arcane prison for the evils that were defeated during the Great Gods' War. Oh, God. It is also said to contain the gods' secret powers and contains clues to the areas within this realm where treasure troves lie, weapons of, of immense power. It is a proverbial safe of religious knowledge. Now, whether you believe in such a thing or not, its uncovering has changed the opinions of many people through this land. And, well, in the wrong hands, if it is to do as it says, it could be quite devastating. As it is this device, rumor has it, that is the reason the catalyst for the beginning of the Territories War, which happened quite a while ago. And most of you know of the Territories War that is now currently happening between the Heraclesian League, uh, which is on one side of the continent, and the Capitolian Empire, which had recently fell, uh, capital being overtaken by the Heraclesian army for the first time in many years. And Cadmia now sits on the precipice of whether they are going to defend their ally in their takeover or claim independence or join the Heraclesians. Uh, it's a very politically turbulent time uh, for the city. But she's just revealed to you now that this tome is in ancient times said to be the, the catalyst of the war, like they wanted control of this for various different reasons. So you can see why I, I need to get it back. I need to have it safe in Wasonia's Institute, at least under its arcane defenses at least for study purposes. After all, we don't know what it does, and with it missing, it is worrisome. It tells me that, well, somebody knew of its existence, somebody knew that it was coming, and they know of its purpose. Which begs the question, my lady mage, who would have known that you were transporting it to the Institute? Well, as you know, having been in this city for quite some time, there is a organization known as the Unseen. They seem to have eyes everywhere. 
And although some of them, some of them seem to have a uh, questionable morality, there are some amongst their ranks which are quite honourable. They are a guild in divide, still looking for their direction, where some seek to overthrow politically, others wish to gain power through legitimacy. Other than that, there is the entrepreneurs, there is many others who have historical interest in the artifacts, the, the list goes on. But of those that knew it was coming into the city, the unseen is your best bet. My dear mage, are there any symbols or anything that could help lead us to this guild of the unseen? The unseen have a symbol well known throughout this city. And she flicks her fingers as she pops her tea to the side and you watch as this arcane palm appears in the air and there is an eye that appears within the palm, an open eye. So it's a palm with an eye open. Um, she says, this is the symbol of the unseen. Remember, some amongst their guild is, is quite honourable. Their intentions are indeed pure, but there is, there is some revolts within their ranks. And I suspect with an artifact of this value, well, it would have divided them too. In my travels, do I recognize this symbol? Have I seen it before? Uh, roll a history check. 12. Um, you had seen it through your time in Cadmia, which has only been very brief, but outside of the city, no, you had not. You saw it like tattooed on a forearm of a random guy that you were in the, the pub with before you got into the, the scuffle with the, the city watch. Um, it just sort of peaked up on your memory, but you, you don't gather any other details of the guy. It was just something you clocked as you walked in the room. Um, you, Halrod, know that um, some of the Unseen make their affiliation with the group a complete secret and some of them wear it proudly as a badge of honour. Their diversity in terms of their guild is extremely widespread. It's varied. She goes on to say that um, this this artifact, it's, well, if you believe the stories, it was sealed by Idris, the, the god of the sun, in the holy realm. But Gorsi, the god of trickery, had stolen it on many occasions and left it in the mortal plane for people to find. Throughout its time on this plane, the mortals have read from the book and history says that that is what caused many of the calamities that have plagued our plane and our nation. So in the wrong hands, this could be very, very, very dangerous. I know this is a lot to ask, but I need you to do your best to track this down, to find it and return it to me at the academy or at least to Arden who will then transport it to me. This box is of extreme importance and the tome within even more so. If you do manage to find it, don't open the box. Don't read from the book. To the untrained, there is no telling what hells it would unleash. I know that it's not much, but Arden could, uh, he could send you on a lead. But if you were to participate in this quest, well, you would have the Staff Mage's allegiance and a favor owed to each of you. Does that sound like something that would pique your interest? Well, we don't have a choice. We are, we are serving a conviction 
said, I'm sorry. It was an accident. Well, apologies are the first step to reclaiming one's honor. But you might get some new boots out of this. Mm, maybe. Or we might get another reform program. Well, I'll try not to. If you are to complete this task, I can talk to the magistrate and have your sentence reduced. You would essentially be free. Oh, I like that word. Free. Well, nothing is ever free. We need to help. They ask for help, we should help. We're on. You know you need not ask my lady mage. Thorzite nods as well. The room moves over to Korgarth in attention. Carmen was a friend. It was his job to deliver the box to you. Getting the box back is what I will do. Then it is done. The quest is set before you. And in return for your loyalty, good fortune will come your way. She stands up, places her tea down. She moves toward Arden and gives him a kiss on the cheek. Arden gives a nod. And you watch as she shines brightly like a star and then disappears. And you watch as some of the books fall out of the bookcases. Some of the papers on Arden's desk ruffle and disappear. You watch as your hair moves out of um, parting and your braids sort of tussle a little bit as she goes. And then Arden looks to you and says, she sure can enter a room and exit one. So you need a place to start and I'm here to give it to you. There is a man, a man in the dock wards whose name is Tezenless. Tezenless is the captain of the Eyecatcher, a vessel that has recently made port in this dock ward. You can identify it by a large and obnoxious rose upon its sails. Now this man is not a noble, but he brandishes himself as such. He's taken up residence in the dock ward, and if it has, uh, well, he's got a finger in every pie in Cadmia. He's a very influential man, and he tends to become more so in the future. If there's something that happened in the unseen, there's a chance that he would know about it. Not being funny, but uh, do you mean in a literal sense... Fingers and pies. I was thinking the exact same thing. That's not very hygienic. Well, I've never met the man, but we have used his services before as part of our guild. And from what I can tell you, he's only got ten fingers, so I believe it's metaphorical. Nearly as good. Arden, about the dialect that I heard, I overheard Carmen talking about, are you able to shed any light it sounds like it is the language of the gods. It is not surprising that that might be the case. Would you have any scripture that I could study to learn the language? If you are successful in this endeavor, I will leave you some readings. And if you continue to join us at the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild, you would have access to our library. And as part of the favor offered to you by the staff mage, she could also offer you many more comprehensive texts on the language if that is what you choose to follow. As for this man, Tazenless, he, uh, he's a proprietor of sorts, you might say. He 
He has many people within the dock ward, but he very rarely leaves his ship. You're most likely to find success if you find one of his lackeys at the Hanged Man. Is that a tavern? It's a tavern. You'll know it as such because it has a large noose hanging around its sign. It is frequented by many port goers and many pirates alike, so be on your guard. Although I think that both of you are quite familiar with the dock ward and the taverns within, stay out of trouble. I can only pull so many strings in so many days as he's looking directly at Key and also Felix. Of course, of course. We are here to help. Throw on a pie and I'll consider it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do want a pie, though. Oh, they make me want a pie. I'll tell you what, Felix. If we come across a pie, let me know. And I will tell you an amusing anecdote about myself with a pie over a pie. Focus. Sorry. You watch as you guys are given the final piece of information, the quest being set, and you begin travelling out of the Valiant Odyssey to the way of the Dock Ward to meet your that newest contact. That does it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Tune in next time to catch up with our heroes and make sure you're also following our socials at Instagram so you can keep up with all the show announcements, artwork, episodes and giveaways. We can't wait to hear from you and remember, share this podcast to anyone who can't get enough of good stories, geeks out over narrative roleplay and loves D&D. We'll see you next time.